right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. Today, I'm going to be joined by my good friends and counterparts here uh, by my good friend, Josh. I'm going to try to say your name right this time. It's always an ongoing joke. Josh Perredes. Yeah. Rudy Campos Jr. Hello. And the one and only Noah Magarro George. So we're going to be talking about the bevy of NBA news that came out today. I mean, it was fast and furious. I'm like, I even put a little gif on there. I was like, no more, please. Yeah. I don't think we can handle any more news today. It was nuts, dude. I woke up and I'm like, what the F is going on? You know, you have news coming out of Nelly and, and the Mavs parting ways. The torn ACL with Kawhi. Then you have CP3 coming down with COVID. I'm just like, what else What else could happen today? And I'm sure we have a lot more information that will be breaking and maybe something that no one will want to break here on the on the show as well. But before we start getting into the beef of things right there with the NBA, let's go ahead and talk about one Becky Hammond. Uh, I think that's a hot topic of discussion among Spurs Twitter and among Spurs fans. Uh, Becky Hammond is going to be interviewed for both the Portland Trailblazers and Orlando Magic head coaching jobs per Sham Shinaria. Um And I would have to say her name is probably going to be thrown in the mix for every head coaching vacancy, probably even with the Wizards, the Pelicans, and any other organization looking to, to fill the position. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just strange, man, because you even have like, uh, I think it, was, it came out on social media, it was at Sizstar Pro, which they're looking for some notoriety, you know, they want some exposure. <laughs> they put up a billboard near the Boston Celtics facility saying, hey, Brad, it's time to shake up, shake it up and hire Kara or Becky. And, you know, I heard through, I heard that through the boardroom via Twitter. Uh, that, I think, is, is just to goes to show you that Becky Hammond is going to be highly sought after, you know, and with all this, these head coaching vacancies. Which brings a great topic of discussion. I'm going to go ahead and present it to all of you, and we'll start with you first, Rudy, because I know you got something to say. He's chomping at the bit when we're there. I'm not as bad as I was back in the day. I, I grew up a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, but I know he he has something to say. So here's the <laughs> thing, though, with Becky interviewing yeah. for these head coaching positions, does this speak to us here in San Antonio saying or signaling that Becky Hammond is tired of waiting for one coach Popovich? To yeah. give up the reins? And is she just, you know, maybe time for her to kind of maybe move on? And if the the fit is, you know, good for her and good for that organization, does she go ahead and pull the trigger on that? You you think is she tired of waiting for Coach Pump to retire? Or, or, or should I put it like this? Have the San Antonio Spurs, the organization, the San Antonio Spurs organization, have they hung on to Coach Pop too long? Maybe that's the better question to ask, Rudy. Either way, it's like a catch-22. You're going to get me in trouble every any way I look at it and say it. But let's take the Becky part real quick. So tell this. us how you really feel. Oh, no. This is a, <laughs> this is a family show, man. Rated R is after dark. After dark. Let, let's take the Becky uh, it's for a problem right here real quick because I call it a problem here. It's a good problem to have. I mean, Pop's coaching tree is massive. You know, you're talking Coach Bud. Uh, Brett Brown was there for a while. I mean, you've got coaches out there that are under the Pop tree. Becky's another one. Is she tired of waiting for Pop to leave? No. I mean, she's going to do her due diligence. She's going to do the interview. She's going to go to Orlando. She's going to go to Portland. Could go to Boston. All these other vacancies. There's eight coaching vacancies. Now, we had two more today. So, there's tons of coaching vacancies out there. She's going to do her due diligence. She's going to do the interviews. If she gets it, she gets it. If she doesn't, she doesn't. But with her and Kara Lawson, 
it's more than likely we're going to see a female head coach this offseason because let's face it, the NBA is evolving and you've got to evolve in the coaching tree. The next part of the evolution is having a female head coach. Both women are deserving of it. So would I be surprised if Becky left? No, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Is it because the Spurs are hanging on to pop too long? I'm going to stop myself from saying too much there, but we'll just say that when it comes to the Spurs, it's a lot of the ownership. You're not going to have the ownership force pop out. I mean, it's all about loyalty, respect, what's pop's done. He's going to go out on his own time. It's not going to be a Jerry Jones issue like with uh, Tom Landry where Jerry takes over the team and the very next day Tom Landry is fired. I mean, it's not going to be anything like that. So I think what it is is going to be Pop is just going to go on his own terms. I'm going to say it now. I think this he we're going to hear something about that this summer. I really feel Pop's going to retire after what we saw last season. Just the way he was coaching, the difference, you know, the differences you saw with Pop this past season – I think he's about ready to call it quits. So all this Becky talk about going to other teams, I think is just kind of smokescreen right now. I think she takes over for the Spurs in this offseason. Okay. Well, I can, I can kind of see your your stance on that. So we're going to go ahead and pitch to Josh Paredes. And Josh, go ahead and let us know how you feel. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Becky Hammond? And, you know, going ahead and, you know, possibly maybe leaving the Spurs and of course, now she's going to be interviewing for these head coaching vacancies. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, obviously, more power to her, whatever she decides. She's she's earned the right to be a head coach in this league. And uh, like Rudy said, I feel like that's, that's going to happen. Um, whether it's the Spurs or not, it's still up in the air, obviously. I personally hope it will be with the Spurs. I feel like she's paid her dues, been there since, what, 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just a matter of, I kind of always had this in my head where it's like, I feel like there was a secret, you know, like she knows on the down low, she's next in line with pop. Mm -hmm. I've always felt that, um, with these rumors or with her being interviewed, that still doesn't really change it too much for me. Of course, then again, we'll, we'll see down the line all of a sudden she's hired and then I'll be like, okay, never mind. (laughs) But, um, I just feel like there's always, she's always had that kind of understanding there. Um, pop is the kind of, of guy that would put someone like her in charge because he knows what she can bring and what she's brought for, for years now. Um, as far as when, um, I have a harder time saying Pop is going to go ahead and call it quits. Um, I don't feel like the coaching wins record has any bearing. Obviously, he's never cared about any of that kind of stuff. It's just about if he just wants to, if he feels that that desire still to keep it for one more year. Um, obviously, it's just going to be whatever he decides. Um, I really hope we don't lose Becky. I won't be happy about it, but um, I would be happy for her either way. I, I want her to to be the next head coach of the Spurs, whether it's now and if she can maybe wait one more season, maybe do that and everybody wins. Yeah, but that's the dilemma that we we deal with a lot of times is, how long should she wait? You yeah. know, it's like, at what point do you call it? And like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of, I'm tired of sitting on the bench, Noah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to get in the game, coach. So, Noah, with all this Becky Hammond news, I mean, how are you feeling about her current situation? And would you be mad if she went and got a head coaching you know, job somewhere else? Well, I think, I think Rudy and Josh said it perfectly. Um, 
you know, if, if she leaves, will I be sad or upset? You know, sure. I'd love to see her be in San Antonio, take over that mantle as head coach. But if she gets a job somewhere else, including this offseason, I would be fine with it. You know, she's earned her her right to be a head coach in the NBA. And one thing that I think is really interesting to think about is maybe some people around the league at the start thought it was like a PR thing, you know, interviewing a, a female head coach. But I think at this point, everyone, fans, coaches, front offices, everyone knows that she's qualified for this job. And if she gets it somewhere else, good for her. I'll be really proud of her. But I really do want to see her end up being the San Antonio Spurs next head coach. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But at this point, I'll be happy for her no matter what happens, you know, how this plans out. I would love to retain Becky Hammond. You know, I think she's been set up to go ahead and be the Spurs next head coach. But again, I mean, like, how long do we wait around? You know, it's like at, at some point she has to call it. And if she feels like, you know, there's a good fit for her out there and, you know, they have a great uh, talent pool around her. She thinks she can do something with that squad. Well, more power to her. You know, I mean, I got to respect what she's been able to do in the league you know, as is right now, being the, the first female to go ahead and get the head coaching reins in a game because Coach Pop got ejected, probably on purpose, just so <laughs> Becky could get her, her time to shine. But if you look and see what's happened throughout the season, you see that she is running the huddle and timeouts, you know, things of that nature. So she's she's already being groomed to, to you know, be a head coach. But we'll go ahead and move on from the Becky Hammond news. Hopefully she stays. I know a lot of uh, fans are watching right now, and they all have their opinions as well. And we'll try to get to, to you guys. But, I mean, these comments have been coming in fast and furious, just like the NBA news today. So we're going to go and move <laughs> on to the DeJounte Murray uh, news that actually uh, broke as well. And it's nothing bad. I mean, DeJounte Murray just put out a tweet on his reaction to being snubbed, uh, you know, being left off the NBA all-defensive team with uh, a crying slash laughing emoji crying so hard you're laughing um and you know the thing is is that DeJounte only received one vote for the NBA all defensive first team he received three votes for the second team of course we know what happened no spur made the NBA all defensive team but is this a fault of DeJounte is it him being snubbed or is it more to do with the spurs just not being a, a very good squad, being kind of below average and just being subpar this year. Uh, what are your thoughts? We'll start with you, Josh. Yeah, I mean, after everything that happened today, this doesn't seem like a huge deal. And I don't think DeJounte really sees it as much either. He does like to voice his opinion when he feels slighted. And he was slighted in the in the fact that he didn't get more than, what, three votes um, yeah, overall. For but, the second team. Yeah, so exactly. Um Overall, I just feel like maybe him, Jakob, probably should have gotten some votes. It's hard to really kick anybody off this list out of these two teams. They've got Kawhi and, and Thibel and B on the second. Um, so, I mean, he has a point in that, you know, maybe he was snubbed from some votes. But given how the Spurs weren't really in the mix very much in this season, um, it's not a huge surprise to me. All right. What about you, Noah? How are you feeling about DJ? Is he getting snubbed or it had more to do with the actual team itself? Yeah, I think it just had more to do with the team itself. I mean, one, the Spurs weren't a great team. I mean, they were fine. They were pretty middle of the pack, if you mm -hmm. want to include both conferences, even though they didn't make the playoffs. Um, and he was fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of really solid players there. And 
just the way it's structured where there's only two all defensive teams, you got to be one of the 10 best defenders in the NBA. And, you know, this may be a little bit controversial. I think Kawhi pretty much got in there on reputation. Um, I think anybody who watched the Clippers could see he wasn't one of the 10 best defenders in the NBA this season. I'm not saying he was bad. Um, He obviously (laughs) was not bad. He was still very good when it counted. You know, he was good in the clutch. Um, He guarded the best player on the other team a lot of nights. But um, I don't think DeJounte got snubbed. But I do think DeJounte takes those kind of things personally, right? Like anytime he snubbed, a teammate snubbed, it's, you know, it's the laughing emojis on Twitter and then they're gone the next second because he deleted that. So (laughs) I I, I wouldn't read too much into it. (laughs) I love DeJounte for doing that. To me, he... He's real. You know, he's, he, he has his emotions on his sleeve and he's going to put them out there. Even if it's just a snide comment or just for fun, he, he tells you how he feels. And then, of course, the Spurs probably tell him, you got to delete that. And he does, you know, <laughs> so at least it's fun. You know, we have somebody who has some personality and that's what I love about DeJounte. I hope he uses it as fuel. And some uh, viewers have put Ted Rowe from YouTube said, DJ is going to go Joker on the NBA next year. Uh, Derek, uh, watching us from Periscope on Twitter, said, snub badly. Uh, and Ted Rowe again says, is DJ using it as fuel like MJ? Yeah, he probably will. Probably use it as fuel and come back bigger and better next season. Uh, Rudy, how, you, how do you feel about this? You think it was a snub by the NBA to DJ or did it have more to do with the San Antonio Spurs squad? If we go snub-wise, it's going to be like what the guys are saying. It's all about the votes. I mean... I feel he's having the uh, the crying laugh so hard that, you know, whatever laughing so hard, he's crying <laughs> emoji because, I mean, getting one vote for first, yeah, but getting the other votes like for nothing, to me, that's kind of disrespectful because you ranked higher on some major categories than a Drew Holiday did. And you're talking about a guy who's on the first team, all NBA defensive team. So I understand you're probably pissed off because you didn't get the votes. That's fine. That's fuel. You know, gas is very expensive right now, so this is cheap fuel for next year for you. You can definitely use it to motivate you. Is he one of the better defenders guard-related? Yes, he is. Year in and year out, he's one of the best defenders out there. Just because you got didn't get the votes this year, who cares? Kawhi Leonard, yes, didn't deserve, you know, nearly exactly what he got here, second team. You know, I don't think he was a really good defender this year. But then, you know, you look at the first team, like Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're not even, like they said last night, you're not even defending the best player on the Nets, and you're a first-team All-NBA player. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of crappy that he's on there as well, but he deserves to be on there. As far as DeJounte goes, the thing is, look, you didn't get the votes, big deal. Yes, the crying emojis or whatever are going to come off probably soon because it just seems like he puts them up and he takes them down real fast. Just use it as fuel. You're one of the better defenders. Everybody knows you're one of the better defenders. Tank Spur Danny Green came out and said, you know, you got snubbed and you should have been, you know, had more votes and all that. Everybody knows. All your fellow players knows. We know you're a better defender. Who cares? Come in next season in better shape, better work ethic. Get those votes that you want so you can make one of the teams. All right. So there you have it. And me, how do I feel? I just feel that it's a product of the San Antonio Spurs squad. And as Noah had stated, they just weren't very good this year. Yeah. Run of the mill, middle of the pack, you know, below, you know, 500 team. And unfortunately, you know, it's, it's a popularity vote as well. So but how do you explain Draymond Green then? Because the Warriors, <laughs> I mean, they were not a playoff team. Reputation. They were popularity yeah, He vote. was an excellent, exactly. he was an excellent defender this yeah. season, though. He really did it all, even though they were bad. Because there are, like, excellent defenders on bad teams. 
But I think if you're also going to be on a, a bad team that's in a small market that hasn't had much success in the last four years, you can't just you, – you have to be the best. You can't just be – you know, earn it off reputation. And, and Draymond's a former defensive player of the year too. So that, that probably had something to do with it as well. Yeah, And yeah, he was a really good defender this year. But that's the part where I'm kind of like we can't really say the team-wise because – both teams sucked. I mean, let's just be honest. Both <laughs> oh, teams absolutely. Made the play yeah, game. they were both bad. Yeah, they both they made the playing game. You know, I mean, they yeah. both suck. So basically, it's like, well, okay, Which you know, sucked less. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we sucked a little less. But I mean, it shouldn't have really been like that much of a big. He should have got more votes. Basically, is what it was. Yeah. Should have, but but ultimately did not. You know, and again, it, and I, and I don't know if we're going to talk about Yaka, but I mean, he didn't even get a single one. So. No. Well, yeah. well I Jakob, think if anyone got snubbed, it was probably Jakob. And not saying he deserved to be on either of those rosters, but not getting a single vote and someone like Daniel Tyson, Julius Randle getting one, like, that's criminal. That's awful. Well, Noah, you are on your way to the top because you already got the little blue check by your name. So maybe one day <laughs> when you get you get to vote, you can vote for Jakob. You'll be the lone <laughs> vote. <laughs> and then we'll have you back on and we'll be like, the only vote. <laughs> for Yaka Porto was by Noah Magaro George. <laughs> so there you go, Noah. You can make a difference, Noah. All of us can. We got to complain. You know, hey, why doesn't Spurs Twitter complain about that, right? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, they complain about a lot. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on here, we're going to go ahead and talk about the NBA draft lottery that is going to be happening next week. And our good friend here, Josh Paredes. Uh, wrote an article for Air Alamo, and he ran a simulator like a hundred times. God bless you, Josh. You got more patience than I do. I don't even think any of us could be there running a simulator one hundred times. Would you do that, Noah? I did it eleven times until I luckily got the first pick for the Spurs. I'm like, that's it. They're getting the first pick now. No, I wouldn't sit there for a hundred times. So I would if it, if it took me a hundred times, I'd be out. Yeah, I'd be off like twenty. Exactly. I think Rudy would have given up <laughs> after two times. I've always said I'm technology dumb, so <laughs> you know what? You're supposed to get the twelve. You're staying in twelve. I don't care. Yeah, whatever. They right? probably will. Honestly, yeah. I do the ping pong thing. I don't do the simulator. I have <laughs> oh my own ping gosh. pong ball. Hey, beer pong? Or you mean- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put the cups out wherever it lands is their pick. <laughs> yeah, it always seems to land on whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a tequila guy, so whiskey would probably be the third or fourth pick for. Oh, for, for me, the- it would always land on whiskey, man. <laughs> Whiskey, whiskey or bourbon? But getting back to Josh, Josh, why don't you let us know about what drove you to actually run this simulator 100 times and then write about and write about it, you know, in this article that you did for Air Alamo? Um, mostly just a need for content. <laughs> um, now, you know, we're covering we're covering the draft, we're covering free agency, doing lists, you know, best defenders, um, best guys to go for, and. Uh, in the playoffs still that are going to be free agents. So it's something just to kind of break up the monotony of it, something fun that I wanted to do. And I know Tankathon has a really cool um, tool, like a simulator. Anybody that's gone to Tankathon has probably messed with it. Simple click of a button. They'll, they'll put all the odds in there for you and they will uh, shoot out what pick you're going to get in a hypothetical one out of hundred. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to do my own exactly to a hundred. So it'll be like a percentage, however many times, um, you you get this is you know what's going to happen. Obviously, it's very likely they're just going to get the twelfth pick because I believe it's a eighty five percent chance, something like that. They could move uh, up into the top four, two percent or less chance for that happening in general. But yeah, I put it on Air Alamo. I I did all the results on there, and it was pretty fun. I just you know 
kept track of it on Excel and and I was like, oh, there you go. I got an, I got, by the way, it took me 29 to get number one. <laughs> so there was that. Um, the other, I did get number two four times, which is doubling the odds that they were given. So um, if they do somehow move up, maybe I can take some credit for that. <laughs> yeah. So the, the number of times that you ran it and almost every single time you landed on the same scenario, which is the Spurs most likely are going to get the 12th pick at 85.2%. And yeah. then you ran it a, what, a, a couple more times after that, maybe 99 more times. I don't know. Yes. And it was <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> almost was, the same yeah, result. I kept, it, I kept it legit. I did 100 exactly. I kept, a, I kept track of it. Um, so, yeah, I was getting, you know, 12th pick 13, 14 times in a row. And then I would get one or two where they moved up. So that's pretty much you. what you should expect when they do the lottery is very – very likely that it's just going to be 12. But this is just kind of something fun to do. Yeah, and let's talk about the players here because this was interesting to me. At number one, if the Spurs got the number one pick, Josh put, the Spurs are simulated to go ahead and pick Cade Cunningham. If they landed at the number 13th pick, they would pick James Boaknight at number, let's say, four. They pick four. Jalen Green at number three. It would be Jalen Suggs. If they had the second pick, it would be Evan Mobley. And at the twelfth pick, these are the scenarios that we have. This is all Tankathon, by the way. Tankathon. Not me. <laughs> Moses Moody. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you got to say that because then they come after you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. James Bognite, and then they have Alperine Sengun. Yeah. I, I hope I'm saying these names right. I don't know. I'm butchering them. Uh, Close Noah. enough. <laughs> but I mean. Isn't that interesting, though? Uh, we'll start with you, Noah. I mean, isn't that interesting to you with these picks? You know, at the numbers that the Spurs were at, number 1, 13, 4, 3, 2, and 12. To me, that's yeah, okay. I, yeah, I mean, they're fairly, I think those are fairly accurate. I think also, you know, since they're Tankathon, like Josh said, that's all Tankathon's opinions on the prospects. So for me, uh, Alperin Shingun wouldn't be a guy who I would take in the lottery under any circumstances. Um, but, uh, you know, that is, that is, uh, what Tankathon says. So if that's what's going to happen with that, if the Spurs did that in real life, I'd be a little bit disappointed, but Hey, if they got the first pick and took Cade Cunningham, man, you're set up for a while. Um, that guy is generational talent. Um, and how I like to describe it is, you know, usually there's that one guy who's ahead of everybody. Normally that would be someone like Evan Mobley. Uh, Cade Cunningham is so good that he's in another tier above Evan Mobley. Like most years, Evan Mobley would go number one overall. So um, Kate Cunningham, absolutely just generational talent, very special six, eight jumbo creator, super excited if he landed with the Spurs, but that would be like the dream scenario, right? Like it's probably not going to happen. They're probably going to land at 12 and, and pick somebody who most Spurs fans don't know. But if they get Cade, I'm, I'm ready to head to San Antonio, go to the Riverwalk. I'll, I'll celebrate. I'll do we, we go honking, <laughs> Noah. We go down commerce, would, legit honking. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would, I'd be right there. Yeah, but we you'd have to take your shirt off and we'd have to do something <laughs> with the chest area, you know, maybe paint you up or something. That's what it takes. I'm yeah. about that. I'm not in that kind of shape. I'm not in that kind of shape. I don't know about that. <laughs> maybe we get somebody else. We'll get Mac or somebody or Nick on the on on the car or something. They'll probably do it for a beer. <laughs> what about you, Rudy? What do you think about the picks? You know, at 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 the from Tankathon at these types of like one, three, four, and twelve. You know, if you go one through four, even one through five, Tankathon's pretty much hitting it on the pin on the head. I mean, Cade Cunningham going number one, obviously, is going to be whoever gets it's going to take Cade Cunningham. 
Evan Mobley at two. I mean, you're getting, what, a seven-footer right there. Uh, very athletic. And, you know, what Noah said is right. Evan Mobley is number one any other year with the exception of this year because Kate Cunningham is going to go number one. If you're looking at the 12th pick, I've got a couple of guys that I thought about. Josh Giddy was one from Australia who I really like. The problem is, is that he's his shooting is terrible. So <laughs> we need shooters in this um, in this on this team right now. I mean, you're going to look for shooters. It's Corey Crispert out of Gonzaga. There's another one that could definitely go right there. But if you're talking about, and I hate to bring this guy up, if you're talking about a Kawhi Leonard type guy who you can teach how to be offensive, you know, juggernaut. You're looking at Zaire Williams out of Stanford. I mean, you're talking a six foot seven guy with a six foot eleven wingspan. I mean, this guy is a absolute crazy defender. If you notice when he was playing his games in college at Stanford, is that the fact of the matter is people could not get around this kid. I mean, he's that good of a defender. His offensive game is not great at all, but neither was Kawhi coming into the league. Oh, yeah. He was so, a work in progress. So this is another work in progress. Zaire Williams is definitely got to look at if they want to go big. Kai Jones out of Texas. I mean, a seven-footer right there. He can guard all the way from five down to one if need be. Yeah. So you've got two guys right there. I've even seen uh, talks about uh, Keon Johnson out of Tennessee. Maybe falling. another guy similar. He's defensive-minded. He's a smaller guy. But I, I'm circling Zaire Williams if he's there right there from Stanford. Okay. I can respect that. I can respect that. But if the the people want to go ahead and check out the full article for everything that Josh worked really hard on yeah. <laughs> to go ahead and put up there on Air Alamo, he went through the simulator a hundred times. So make sure you read the full article and not just skim through the, the tweet and then make an assumption because <laughs> I hate that. That means he didn't read the It'll article. <laughs> can, can you? Uh, can we start a GoFundMe for Josh? Because he's going to have to get some ice packs for the finger for clicking it <laughs> hundred times. Hundred times. He's got this. carpal tunnel probably now. Oh, definitely. We got to get him some medical. I think that, yeah, yeah, we haven't seen the finger though, Noah. But his finger's kind of crooked. <laughs> I'm going to have a tray. Yeah, he needs a tray young ice pack. Yeah. Stuff, so set now, up for his shoulder if he too. points at you at a Spurs game, Noah, he's going to be kind of crooked, and you're going to be like, <laughs> "Are you pointing at me?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, moving on here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about NBA playoffs. So the NBA playoffs, it's, inter- it's been entertaining this season. It's been really entertaining, even though our San Antonio Spurs are not in the mix, sadly, for a second season. I'm still watching the NBA playoffs. I'm just going to be there. I love basketball, and I'm going to be entertained. So with that said, it's been interesting what happened here with the Bucks. I thought they were going to be left for dead. The Nets look like they were just going to just blow them out of the water. The Bucks come home. They put up a fight. You know, they even the series 2-2. <laughs> we got game five. The Bucks are up at one point by 17 points. They blow a 17-point lead. They mess up in crunch time. They, they basically give the ball away on a botched pass. To Giannis Antetokounmpo and lose the game to the Brooklyn Nets. They had him up against the ropes, literally, and they let him come back in the game and beat them. Is this another missed opportunity for the Milwaukee Bucks? And are they done in six games? We're going to go to you, Rudy. What do you got to tell us? I, I can't say that they're done, per se, because... Now you're seeing, you know, Harden may still have that injury lingering. So we don't know if Kyrie's even going to play game six. We don't even know if Harden's going to be ready game six. So then you're also relying on a 48-minute Kevin Durant 
Even though you've got a day of rest, it's 48 minutes. You're getting wear and tear on that body. There was actually someone on Twitter who asked, do you bench Harden and KD for game six and, and you're probably for game seven, basically. So you get ready for game seven. I don't know if you do that, but as far as the Bucks go, I still think they can pull out game six, go to a game seven. I think we'll think we're seeing a game, a seven game series right here. But my question is, who does this loss go on? Is it Coach Bud? Because I see a lot of that going on. <laughs> I blame the coach. I, I want to say yeah, and that sucks because he's a pop guy. Here we are blaming a pop guy. We all blame Brent Brown for the Philadelphia stuff. I mean, <laughs> Coach Bud, this kind of is on you, but I think they can bounce back. They're going back to Milwaukee. Out of the both teams, they're the healthiest out of both teams. I still think we're going to get a game seven. I'm not ruling them out yet, but if the Nets get past Milwaukee, I'm curious to see how that – Eastern Conference Finals goes because they're not healthy at all. And it's not like you're going to get Steve Nash come out and play point guard. So, I mean, they are in serious trouble. We're lucky the Duke can walk on the sidelines. Let's be honest, man. He's, he's yeah. got a bad back. I mean, he's in better shape than all of us, I'm sure, but I, I don't know. He's, he don't know if he's better in better shape than you, Rudy. No, I, I'm, in, I'm in good shape for a fat guy. Let's put it that way. That's the best way to put it. You can run the 30 in what? Maybe five minutes? Um... <laughs> I would say the first 10 would be five minutes. The next 10, probably another five or 10 minutes. I bet you we got a burger boy at the end. You'd probably probably speed that up a little. I'd shave off three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, man. But, uh, you know, Middleton at the end of that game, you know, it could have made it interesting if he had just taken the the shot. You know, he could have had, he had an opportunity to either go ahead and, you know, throw up a floater or just bounce it off the glass, you know, bank shot. And the game would have been interesting. But that's how I'm saying. Do you blame Coach Bud? Because there, there's that other thing like yeah. Middleton. I mean, good God, man. I mean, it's it's a jump around. It's a layup. It, it's it's somewhere in between. You know, that's a floater. He would have gotten fouled at the very least and been at the free throw line. Yeah. But you give it to Giannis who, say Giannis gets the ball and they foul him. You're going over for two. I one, mean, maybe one for two. I don't even know, man. I mean, no, I, I put more money on 0 for two than I do for one for two from the line. Who's a better free throw shooter, Jakob Portal or Giannis? Lately, Jakob. Jakob. Lately, Jakob. After All-Star, Jakob. I just don't understand how you can be MVP and one of the best players in the league and you can't make a free throw. I really don't understand but, that. Uh, earlier, you Shaq said did it for yeah. Uh, I think Shaq did it right. Like Shaq was awful. <laughs> he, his Shaq free throw. Did you see the way he used to shoot free throws with one hand? Yeah. Basically, yeah, just yeah, palm the he ball. He made the ball look like a ping pong ball. Yeah, the dude's but hands Gian- were crazy. Giannis would never be a Shaq compared to a Shaq. I, I don't know. think so. I mean, I think his dominance down low to, to a certain extent because it's like everyone knows what he's going to do, and everybody says he has no skill, can't dribble, can't shoot. And then how is this guy averaging like 30 points every game? You know, like yeah. if you know what he's going to do, how come you can't stop him? So in that way, I think he's a little Shaq like. Yeah. Yeah. And earlier you said, speaking of blame, I mean, there's plenty to go around. But you said botched pass. I, I feel like Giannis just dropped that. Like I watched the replay because I was upset. about that. I think I the like, pass what? was too low. It was too low. I mean, it wasn't at it a hit, point where he could he was going to grab it. see it again, maybe. I felt like it hit yeah. him in the hands and it was right there. And then he looked frustrated after. Not saying that one play defined the whole game. Obviously, KD going off was just that was just like a well. Look who was defending KD. He was just shooting fadeaways know, so right over his defender. Exactly. I mean, I mean who, <laughs> what can you really do about him? But uh, there's plenty of blame to go around. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I don't. Uh, they might 
He might be done. I'm surprised Joe's not blaming Bryn Forbes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't got to blame him. His game speaks for himself, bro. Come on now. You know a good old barbecue. He's going to get cooked down, the, down in the paint. It happens all the time. But now that he's playing with the Bucks, he can hide behind all that because he has a better supporting cast. Yeah. When he was with the Spurs, yes. his defensive or defensive, uh, let's say, deficiencies yeah, yeah, were exploited, yes. you know? And Spurs fans, including myself, would rip him a new one. But it really wasn't his fault at the end of the day. He is who he is. He wasn't a very good defender. But when you have a team that's not a very good defensive team, I mean, the, the spotlight's right there on you every single play. It wasn't all just Bryn and Marco. Let's put it like that. And we found that out uh, this season, you know? Yeah, we could have used their shooting this year. Oh, man. I don't, I don't know about that. You got you to gotta pick your poison, Rudy. <laughs> I, I just think like i think That's rudy tough. has a point though it's like if you're playing marco bren and patty together for long spurts you're asking to get burned like yeah, if yeah. you play them with better defenders then of course it's going to be mitigated a little bit better but i never understood that last season i'm glad you know i guess two seasons ago i'm glad that's over with um yeah. but yeah rudy's right we could have used at least one of them as a shooter we didn't have um, anybody yeah, this season it, is what it, is. it was horrible Noah. we couldn't hit yeah. a three to save our save our lives i was one of the first ones to say you know they gotta go they gotta go we can't <laughs> use them and then i'm the first one over here like um I, yeah we could use them, that's like I you think. telling the ex to get the hell out of here right get out of the apartment i don't want you no more <laughs> give me your keys well I, the Kawhi listened to me obviously and then two so. weeks later she looking cute. I want you back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we we've had plenty of those stories on other podcasts. I'd re- I would rather not bring those same stories back up again. <laughs> I want you back. <laughs> I still got to make the long drive home. <laughs> yeah, we won't bring up that because then Rudy will be sleeping outside yeah. with the crackheads in the backyard. <laughs> oh, no, he has some stories to say, but we'll leave that for the rated R sports cast. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we can't do that here. Family you know fun. what? You should have a live feed of their backyard. I bet you that would be lit. See all the shenanigans that go on uh, back there. I, I would probably. I mean, if I if I do, it'd have to be like an OnlyFans type thing. <laughs> Because some of the stuff that is on there, I definitely got to charge people to see because it's not good at all. You remember that old old uh, website from back in the day? Was it Bum Fights? Oh, God. Yeah. It'd be something like what? that, but 10 times worse. Oh. oh, yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and also talk about one Chris Paul. Chris Paul, Phoenix Suns, man, I was, I was picking them to go all the way. You know, this was my dark horse. And they were looking like they were on a, a head. They were like headed in a collision course. To the NBA Finals, Chris Paul found his second, you know, second win here uh, with the Phoenix Suns and playing alongside Devin Booker. Then what do we have happen today with all the other NBA news that comes out? We find out that Chris Paul has COVID. So now he's put into the COVID protocol. It's like, is what's wrong with this scenario, man? Like, he beat LeBron and this is his punishment now. <laughs> you get COVID. I'm like. How does this even happen, dude? Like, really, at the end of the day, you think about it. It's like you're about to start playing another playoff series with the, with another team, you know, and this happens. Wow. What, what, what timing? You know, what timing? Noah, would Chris Paul, is he going to be back if, if the Suns make it past this Western Conference uh, finals matchup? I mean, is there any hope that he could come back maybe if it goes six games, seven games? 
I mean, I, I think there's a chance if it lasts that long. I don't think it will. Um, I think the Utah Jazz are probably going to be going past the next round into the conference finals because of Kawhi's injury. And they were spectacular this year. I mean, let, let's be honest. They were really good. They would have been, you know, the second seed, uh, you know, even if LeBron had been healthy and AD had been healthy. But this Suns team, I'm, I'm worried for them a little bit. I think they are really talented. Like they showed last year in the bubble when they went 8-0. and I mean, they're clearly talented. But Chris Paul was that piece that brought everything together. Um, and, and I just don't know how you replace him, uh, because Devin Booker is awesome, but he's not capable of doing what Chris Paul does every single night on both ends. So we'll see what happens with him. But really, uh, it's, it's a shame because it feels like every single year, this dude runs into something, right? Whether it's that injury with the Houston Rockets, whether it's being on a team that just isn't built to be a super team, like, um, you know, like the Warriors or the Miami Heat. And even during the Spurs dynasty, like he never was on a team good enough to beat those teams. So it's just always something for this guy. And he he may end up being one of those guys who just doesn't get a title, but really deserved one. He almost beat the Spurs that we'll one see. time when he was with the Hornets. They gave us a big run for <laughs> our money. I was shook. I got scared. <laughs> yeah. Gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That went into game seven on the road. 2008, yeah. I believe. Yeah. I was actually with my friend at that game. We traveled. That's when they had the signs running up and down yeah. the side of the court with the big old yeah. head of uh, Peja Stojakovic. Remember that? Yeah, that, that was crazy time. God, yeah. Peja so what do you what do you got to say about this, uh, Josh? Do you think the Suns are going to be able to live on without <laughs> CP3 in the lineup? I mean, I don't I don't know exactly how long he, he would be expected to be out. I, I feel like there's still. I don't know if anybody's more plugged in. I think it's 10 days. Okay, uh, they yeah. have to, it's like 10 days, and then you also have to test negative. He has for, to test multiple the, times, right? But also, wasn't there chatter about like if, if you're vaccinated and it could be less? Or I, like, I haven't really seen anything official, official about that, but I, it's still kind of tough to tell without knowing. Yeah, it really is. Like, it, it really is. I mean, if he misses two or three games, they might still be able to. I don't know because they do have a lot of talent. Devin Booker can do stuff on his own. But like, if he misses those games, what happens with his with his conditioning? I think he'll be. I mean, uh, he, uh, sorry, Joe, I think he is going to be fine, yeah. right? Like, no, <laughs> he's no, you be can, fine. no. Go ahead. Uh, that's that's basically what I would have said. I mean, I don't think you saw him like with the bum arm uh, <laughs> in, that, in that round, and he was still shooting up shots. Like it was. Uh, uh, I, I think he really does have bad luck. I still, I, I want to wait for more in terms of how long he'll be mm-hmm. out. Um, we but. we have a request from one of our fans for you, Josh. They said that we could turn up your mic. It's not uh, that yeah. you just got to stay on the mic a little bit. No, no, no. You, oh yeah, yeah. Just like be on the Instead mic, of gesturing right wildly. Yeah, yeah. Just be on the mic and don't <laughs> hear you. That was actually my friend that I went to that Hornets game with that is commenting that. So thanks for listening, Aaron. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much. So we'll go ahead and pitch it to you last year, Rudy. Are the Suns going to survive without CP3? Yeah, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it, you know, as enthusiastically as I can. Yes, I think they will. And that's me being enthusiastic. You got money on the game? Is that why you're saying (laughs) yes? (laughs) Let me tell you you this, because even though though he might be out, because I think it's 10 to 14 days, we're still sitting at a 2-2 series when it comes to the Jazz and Clippers. So you got the game tonight. Obviously, you're going to have a game six. Say the Jazz win tonight. You know, the Jazz win, we got a couple of days. So that's already, what, four or five days. Then you maybe get a couple of days in before the Western Conference Finals in. You're sitting at seven. If he tests negative a couple of times right there, you know, you can probably get him back in. But can we at least recognize 
one Cameron Payne for the job that he's doing in these playoffs. Now, he's no Chris Paul. Before Cameron Payne was making a name for himself, the only thing we knew about Cameron Payne was he had those horrific hand gestures with Russell Westbrook <laughs> before every OKC game. That's all he was known for. But now the guy is a player. He's actually developed with this Phoenix Suns team. He's been able to spell a lot of these moments when Chris Paul's been on the bench. Yes, they've won a few of the games. Yes, you know, they've lost when they came to Lakers as well. But Cameron Payne has shown he can actually take over for Chris Paul in spurts. Give him a couple of games. If they can just get one win out of those two games, it's a different series when CP3 comes back. Yeah, well, so, Cameron Payne's is going to produce a lot better than P.J. Tucker did for the Bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot better. <laughs> and to be honest, Payne's been shooting really good from three-point land right now. Yeah. So can we rule them out because CP3 is rolled out? No, you really can't. I mean, this reminds me of the Spurs franchise, the title team, when we had one Speedy Claxton who was the man oh, yeah. <laughs> in the playoffs and not Tony Parker. That was the same year. Everybody was like, we're going to bring Jason Kidd in because Tony sucks. Isn't that the same year that we had Jaron Jackson go off? Uh, uh, no, that no, was 99. No, no, no. That was I, This was the year with the, I think it was Steve Smith was there. Oh, we yeah, had yeah. Steve, Speedy Claxton. But if you go final-wise, Speedy Claxton was the better point guard in the finals that year. So yeah. to say that a guy can't step up is pretty ridiculous. I think Cameron Payne is no Speedy Claxton. But, I mean, he could get the job done. It could spell a few of these games for the Phoenix Suns. That's why I'm not ruling him out. I mean, these guys are playing so good right now. Really can't rule him out whether CP3 players or not. Yeah. We got Ty Yeager watching us. So what's up to you, Ty? One of one part of the Fiesta Bros. We're still missing Nick and Mac. So shout out to, to you, Ty. And uh, Chris Geller, uh, your good friend here, Rudy. He said, is it confirmed he tested positive or is it still up in the air? Yeah on what the situation is with, with Paul. I, I believe the yeah, situation was, I think is... it was confirmed. Yeah, yeah was confirmed, confirmed that yeah. he's tested positive for COVID-19. But, you know, this is the thing, too, is that a lot of these NBA players, we don't know how many of them have actually taken the vaccination and how many of them have not. You know, there's that's kind of personal information, and they're, they're not... Let's say they don't have to come out and say if they've taken it or not. Just like LeBron James, they everybody wanted to know. Did you take the vaccine or not? And he's like, I don't want to tell you. Yeah. He doesn't have to, you know? As president of the Players Association, I would think that he would probably have gotten it. I mean, to set the example for players. But again, yeah, we don't really know if he did. I think I mean, he's going to save that till the end of Space Jam 2. He's going <laughs> to announce it. In, the, in Space Jam 2, he gets the vaccination. It's going to be how That's the secret that. sauce, right? <laughs> or the secret <laughs> water or whatever it was. <laughs> I predict that Space Jam 2 will be a stinker, man. <laughs> Is that because you hate I'm, LeBron James? No, no. I just don't think it's going to be a very good movie. So just like the first one then, right? Like oh, the first one was you bad. Come on. Shut Man, your everybody filthy, likes it mouth. It's like a, it's like a <laughs> cool classic, but that movie's awful. I went and watched it a year ago during COVID because I had nothing better to do. And I was like, man, this is trash. What, this what's is Noah's Twitter movie. handle? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the uh, that was the best performance we've got out of Sean Bradley ever. Oh, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> Charles Barkley, too. Oh, Barkley. yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> And speaking of Charles Barkley, oh, yeah, that's a segue. good segue oh, into the last topic of discussion here. Oh, look at what Ty says. I have a thought that it could possibly be a false positive. He's talking about yeah. for CP3. It, that would be something if it is a false positive, because then that, what, is, what does that say? 
Well, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time an athlete in multiple sports have had false positive. We saw that in the NFL a lot. Yeah, but this is critical because this in, well, I involves mean, playoffs. You, you, you know, saw like in the, the NFL, team. there was a couple of guys, I think, from the Tennessee Titans in a critical moment because they were fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, they had a positive test, and then a day or two later, you saw them, well, we're all negative now. So it could happen that it could be a false positive. I guess we'll get another test from him later today or maybe tomorrow, and if it comes back ne- negative, then... Yeah. I guess it could happen, but I just, I, I don't know, man. This is kind of a weird situation. Yeah, Ty brings up a good uh, topic of discussion here, too. But he puts, Rick Carlisle had a false positive in April after he was vaccinated in January. There you so go. There you go. You know, that's, it's just weird. Like, you could get the vaccine and you could actually have COVID, but it, you're not sick. You're not going to exhibit any symptoms. Yeah. You know, well, you, so. you still might get you still might get symptoms if you get, you know, if you get COVID after the vaccine, it's yeah. just supposed to be lesser. Yeah. yeah I mean, like you're not going to be like really sick where you're going to have to go to the hospital or something, you know. So you might think yeah, you well, just got a cold or something, you know, and actually turns out you have COVID. So odd. But let's go ahead and bring the bring up the last topic here. And that's going to be Charles Barkley. <laughs> Charles Barkley has a rivalry here between himself and San Antonio women. And it appears that it has come to an end after what? I don't even know. Was he, this started like what? Like 15, 20 geez, years ago. Dude, 12, like, 15 years ago. Yeah. Because I, I remember when he was screaming Ginobili, he started talking about the women here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's been quite some time. But finally, with the cancel culture movement and, you know, nowadays, everybody being so sensitive about what people say, you know, on their soapbox, uh, the TNT producers have told one Charles Barkley he can no longer be body shaming the women of San Antonio. And, you know, this is my argument, too. Really, at the end of the day, we have beautiful women here in San Antonio. You know, regardless of what, you know, Charles Barkley has to say. And I put my mama in there included. You know, I love my mama. Love you, mama. You know, <laughs> she's not a big old woman like Charles Barkley, you know, <laughs> likes to make fun of, you know, all these women here in San Antonio. They're not big women. They're healthy women. There's a difference, Charles. There's a difference. And what do you have to say about this feud finally coming to an end? I I mean, if it's me talking on it, I get where Charles is coming from. It's a it's like a parody, man. I mean, we're just he's just having fun with it. You know, deep down inside, Barkley loves the city of San Antonio, I'm sure. I mean, yes, everybody's not going to forgive him for closing down the Hemisphere Arena, even though I was a kid at that time, and I was actually cheering Why for it. Why do you got to bring up amazing. old stuff for it? Really? That was an amazing <laughs> shot, man. That was an amazing moment in basketball history for me, even though it was against the Spurs. But he's always had a love for San Antonio, and it's just a parody. I know he loves the damn food here. I, well, of course he does. Look at him. He's fat like me. You know, he's going <laughs> to love the food here, but... The thing is, it, like I said, it's a parody. And I get cancel culture, you know, wants to talk of this and talk that. But from what I've talked to, I've, I've talked to a lot of women about it. about, And I put it's half and half. I mean, half are a little disrespected by it, but are not severely pissed off about it. The other half are laughing. It's, it's like if you can't make fun of yourself, what the hell can you do? And it's exactly what we're trying to do with Barkley. He's just having fun with it. And as a, as a culture, as San Antonio is... San Antonio has been on the map for being one of the heaviest cities in the world, basically, damn near. We definitely know the country. So, I mean, is he pointing out something that is not true? No, I mean, he's pointing out a factual statement if you look at it. And I am not saying anything about the women of San Antonio at all. 
I love the women of San Antonio. <laughs> you know, didn't you marry one? Huh? I married a woman there from San Antonio. Go. I've been married twice, both of them from San Antonio. <laughs> you know, I've never had a girlfriend outside of T- San Antonio. TMI, Rudy. That's too I much mean, info, no, bro. <laughs> no, of course. I got divorced from the first one. I'm married to the second one. I'm not into that. You know, you, he only whatever. had to run two simulations. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's to me, it's a parody. But I, I get if you're upset. But who, like, who in San Antonio is upset? Is it? cancel culture of san antonio that's pissed off no it's cancel culture are any of the people that are pissed off from san antonio i mean that that's my question is why is this a big thing he's been doing it for years (laughs) it's never been a big old problem because why because as san antonio natives we like to argue back we like to fight back and then at the end of the day it's fiesta all over we party and it's kind of weird he only brings this up during fiesta time <laughs> what time is it in san antonio it's fiesta time yeah because he misses the chicken on a stick that's all it is trudeau's chicken on a stick yeah, whatever yeah. man it's on his mind <laughs> see what i think of this whole thing is i'm not like i could get why people would be offended especially women from san antonio i get it i really don't think it's cancel culture to have somebody write an article about about him fat shaming that's what he's kind of doing yeah it's not cancel culture if his studio tells him to back off i mean maybe that's them doing it I don't see just like he's able to give his opinion or, you know, share his jokes on TV. People can write about it and there shouldn't be an issue with that either. If somehow it gets back to him and he gets in trouble with his his bosses, then sure. The thing that offends me about this is as a fan of comedy. <laughs> he's been doing this yeah. for way too long. It's it. I mean, it's funny at the beginning. Sure. You know, he's bringing up churros, whatever back then. It's been so long at this point, and he's always just saying them big old women and that podunk town. Like, just get new stuff. Maybe it would be yeah. funnier to me. I, I like and enjoy comedy all the time. I do find him funny. Like, I find the whole, you know, I watch the whole Inside the NBA HBO Max series and stuff. It's great. I love them all. They're, they're, there's a reason they're all, you know, the highest rated. They've gotten Emmys. But just get some new stuff, maybe at a certain point. That's my only thing. That's my takeaway from this. Get some new material, yeah, Charles. Please. Yeah. So we'll come to Noah. Noah visited San Antonio not too long ago. What? what <laughs> maybe a week ago? Two weeks ago? Noah? Yeah, I was. I was here two weeks ago for my nephew's graduation. I loved it. It yeah. was great. How much weight did you gain in that? In that little stint? Oh man, uh, we ate a lot of food. Uh, That's all we do here. <laughs> That's all we do here is eat. You go out with family. You go to a, yeah. a graduation. Everybody's talking oh, yeah. about where are we going to go eat. You come here, you're mm-hmm. hanging out with the family. What do they say? Where are we going to go eat? You know, my mom stocked the fridge uh, in our guest suite before oh, my girlfriend my and I goodness. got there. She, we had snacks, we had candy, we had, I mean, we had sodas, everything like stuff that normally. How many would days not did it take you to go through the snacks? Oh, uh, we finished it by the time we got back to Dallas. <laughs> 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 it was too good. I mean, she had yeah. popcorn. There was gummy bears. There was everything. I mean. It was great. It was like being at home again. Yeah, mama did it right. But <laughs> what I'm saying, you know, here in San Antonio with Charles Bar- Barkley body shaming the women, since you came back and you visited, you know, your hometown of San Antonio, what do you got to say about that? You came and you saw the women here. What did you think? <laughs> I mean, I, here's my take on it. It's like if, if people don't want to be, you know, called something or made fun of, then you probably should just leave them alone. But I'm also kind of on Josh's thing where it's like it's been a bit for 15 years. It's not really funny anymore. And his executives asked him to stop, you know, like if your executives tell you to stop, then you should probably stop. And the last thing I think I'll say about it for Barkley is I think a lot of people probably don't realize that I think 
you know, we're men, so we can't really speak on it, but it was, it's specifically targeted towards the women here, right? We never hear anything about, oh, well, the fat old guys who are hanging around San Antonio. I mean, <laughs> he's never said a word against any of the fat guys who've been walking around San Antonio, myself included, for a very long time. Like, he didn't say anything about us. So I, I have no reason to be upset, but I get, I can understand why people would be upset. And, yeah. uh, you know, if he's done saying it, I, I really don't care. Like, at the end of the day, I don't care. I, I don't really listen to Barkley that much. He's, and I mean this in the nicest possible way. They have a great show there. They, they, you know, they do some fun things. But if you want to learn about basketball, you don't watch, you know, Charles Barkley and Shaq. They don't even know half of the players who are in the league anymore. Yeah. And this is a direct shot at them. Like they, the, the other day they said uh, that DeMar DeRozan wouldn't have lasted a day in the 90s. Like then they clearly have no idea what basketball was like in the 90s, which is sad because they both played in the 90s. So <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's just a, to me an awful basketball show, but a good like friends just hanging around show. Yeah, right? that's awful what it for is. Basketball. <laughs> It's like brothers hanging around a campfire talking sports. It's what it is. <laughs> you know, it's just there for entertainment. Same thing that happens on the four-letter network in the mornings, you know. Oh, it's God. just there for entertainment. There's a whole bunch of hot takes and nonsense that goes on. If you want to listen to real sports talk, it's not on the TV. Usually it's not on the TV. <laughs> yeah, no, Maybe it's, it's on yep. the sports dime. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Same, shameless plug. Shameless plug. Yeah, it is. You definitely will listen to the sports time. Definitely yeah. want to. We're the best. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and end it on that note, and we'll go around the horn here and let everybody uh, plug their social media handles. We'll start with you, Josh. Where can they find you and all the great stuff that you got going on over there at Air Alamo and also for Project Spurs? Sure, yeah. I'm at Josh810 on Twitter. Um, as you said, I do stuff for Project Spurs. I, I write a lot for Air Alamo, doing a lot of uh, draft coverage, free agency stuff. Um, you can still see my pinned tweet. I did uh, Tim Duncan week um, Timmy. last month featuring uh, a whole week's worth of articles all about Tim and his career. So if you want to check that out at Josh810 on Twitter. There you go. And Rudy, where can they find you and all the great stuff that you got coming out? And also, what time does the sports time air on Sundays? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Sweep the League. And actually, Sweep the League is the uh, podcast that I do. Uh, the sports time in general is every Sunday from 10 to 11. It's on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. We just got done with our Sean Elliott interview, which was it was tremendous. Uh, interviewing Sean was a blast. Before that, we did Bill Land. So we did the whole announcing crew for the Spurs, which is a great, great time. Which is the best announcing crew yes. in the NBA. Yes. I've heard the other teams. We yes. clearly got the talent. Yes, we got the best ones out there. and The interviews were cool. Sean, Sean actually opened up a little bit on some stuff, which was really good about that. Uh, but, yeah, it's every Sunday, 10 to 11. And as far as the Sweep the League, we're every Wednesday night from 7 to 8. So that's actually one of the podcasts I got to get to is my own later on here. So, uh, yeah, definitely you can join us here. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube now. Yeah, so there you go. And also, Noah, where can they find you on social media? And also, where can they start listening to the your new Spurs podcast that's coming out, which is something that I had a part in. I remember we sat down and we were throwing <laughs> names out and we figured one out and it was Alamo City Limits, which I absolutely love. And congratulations, by the way, on yeah. them approving the name. I was crossing my fingers. Oh, me too. Thank you. So also, thank you so much. It was great grabbing Chester's with you, meeting you in yeah. person and talking Spurs and figuring out a name for the podcast. So 
that was awesome. But yeah, people can find me at N underscore Magaro on Twitter. I have a YouTube channel where I do a bunch of Spurs stuff there. Recently hit a thousand subscribers. So thank you so mm-hmm. much, Spurs fans. It's just my name, Noah Magaro George. Um, like Joe said, Alamo City Limits. It's going to be on anywhere you can find a podcast, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, all that good stuff. Um, and the first episode will be on Monday. It'll be featuring Ricky O'Donnell, who's the head writer at SB Nation. I got, you know, got in contact with him. Super excited for that. Nice. We're going to be talking about nice. the draft, right? one day before the lottery. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, that's pretty much where you can find all of my stuff, including, oh, and Pounding the Rock, of course. You can find my writing at Pounding the Rock. There you go, for Pounding the Rock. Maybe we can uh, be asked to be a guest on the Alamo City Limits sooner or later. Of course, I've got, uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of people lined up. I'm trying to figure it out because it's going to be a daily thing and then one long form one a week. So it's going to be, once nice. the next season starts, it's going to be a lot of work, but I'm super excited. Don't put me on with Rudy because he might outshine me. I'm just playing. <laughs> I think it would be fun to have everybody on, you know, all at the same time. Create chaos. You know, it'd be a good episode. It'd be a fun episode to have. So congratulations again, Noah. We look forward to your new podcast. And I know Ty and Nick also got a new podcast coming up uh, called the Fiesta Bros Podcast. So I got to start plugging Nick. I got to get with him, you know, and start having him on the show. And so he can plug his, his podcast he's got going on. So that's about all the time we have for today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to our nonsense and dealing with us. Uh, (laughs) We look forward to doing uh, some more podcasts, probably maybe once a week, because we're all pretty busy right now. We're enjoying some downtime. And Noah's busy as hell. He's got a lot of stuff going on. And so does Josh. Josh is riding like crazy. We're all getting ready for the NBA draft, you know, and it's nuts right now, especially with the NBA and the news that they keep dishing out. Hopefully they give us a break tomorrow or tonight, you know. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and bring the show to an end. So for Rudy Campos Jr. and Josh Paredes and Noah Magaro-George, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you guys for listening and watching another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace.